going on, everybody? Welcome back to an exciting new episode of The Vile Files Freestyle Edition. I just decided officially until further notice. <laughs> That's what we're calling it. Uh, we have what I hope, I think, is going to be another jam-packed, fantastic episode for you. Uh, my friend Morgan Apsher is Hello. with us in studio today to help break down all the craziness I'm that is scared. going on in the pop culture <laughs> I'm world. I'm so scared. Scared? Why are you scared? I don't know. There's just a lot going on right now. There is. It's very tumultuous. We have, obviously, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, which we'll be discussing more of. So much things we have yet to cover. We have Dr. Darcy. Uh, she'll be zooming in here at some point this episode. Uh, you may know her from E! Uh, Famously Single. Is that the show? She's uh, like the love expert on. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, she's been following uh, this case also with some intrigue. I know uh, after last week's episode, uh, a doctor, a psychologist, forensic psychologist, I think it was, came on and testified and talked about uh, Amber Heard's um, personality, personality disorder. disorder. What does that mean? Yeah. Is Does that mean multi-personality? You know, what is, like, like we want to get a, a breakdown of what that all means. One question I'm curious of, and maybe the the dear doctor can help us out with this, but like, how is this not a violation of Amber Heard's HIPAA rights? Because it's like in court. Like now the world knows of her diagnosis, her mental health. And while certainly we're watching this uh, trial with some intrigue, kind of seems like a violation of like her personal information. Yeah, which is why this whole trial is so shocking because typically celebrities don't subject themselves to just opening up like this. I, so that's like, it's like you knew this shit was going to come out. But here but we are. What, is the, what does her diagnosis even mean in terms of um, her ability to, I mean, I don't know, comprehend reality, I guess, to a certain degree? Like, her reality is definitely different than ours. I don't know. Dr. Darcy will help us. Yeah. Uh, understand what this all means i have an update i i told the, i don't know if you're aware of this morgan but probably that we're big harry style fans okay. here on this mm -hmm. show i saw him in concert a couple weeks ago yeah and then good. i was reminded of the story that i told my audience where like my dream is to have harry styles on the podcast okay i want him to do an ask nick where people call in with their relationship questions and harry styles and i empathetically and lovingly Give feedback. That's I think, a good dream. I think this he would great. enjoy it. Yeah. You don't seem like you believe it's possible. I absolutely think it's possible for you. Anywho, I was running. Six, six months from now. Let's I was bets. I was running around my neighborhood as, as, as I do. Mm -hmm. And like this is like a year and a half ago. Okay. And a gentleman in an old school Mercedes like drove up to the stop sign and I was running and we looked at each other mm. and I thought to myself, is that Harry Styles? And I thought, yeah. no way. But something in my brain was so convinced it might be Harry Styles that I DM'd him. Okay. And I was like, was that you running? <laughs> was that you driving? And honestly, like, I wasn't sure. But the other day, a, a fan or a listener or a, someone who heard my anecdotal story tagged me, and this was just days ago, oh, yeah. of Harry Styles in an old school black Mercedes. And I'm just thinking, what are the chances that I saw someone driving. I, now, to be honest, I don't remember if the car was black. This is a, if you're watching this on YouTube, 
This is a black old school Mercedes, but it's clearly Harry Styles. And honestly, I think it probably it was probably him. was him. It probably was him. It was him easily. And so, like Harry and I, Harry Styles and I had a moment. You made eye contact. We, he definitely the person I saw recognized me. Yeah, and I recognized them, and we like stared at each other. It's like that Spider Man, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, I don't know if other. it was that much, <laughs> and I don't know if he was excited. I've heard he watches The Bachelor. It might have just been like oh, that fucking guy. Um, no, I'm sure he was excited. I don't know if he was excited, but I'm sure I do. He was. I just know that he. So I just feel like we're already putting it out there. Like we got this conf. Yeah, we're manifesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Anyway, it's gonna happen. Yeah, I think so. I have faith in you. Do we want to like bring people up to speed with what we know about the trial before the what? What are the burning questions we have for the doctor? Do we want to discuss that? So Amber shit on someone's bed. Tried to blame the dog. Yeah, I, that was the best quote from that. <laughs> was um, Depp's response to that was he said they're teacup Yorkies. They weigh about four pounds each. The photograph that I saw, I lived with those dogs for many years. It was not the dogs. There's a clear difference between dog poop and, and human, human poop. feces. As someone who lives in Hollywood, I definitely oh, know that difference. Yeah, you walk down the street, you see piles of it everywhere. Like LA's a little, it's not the cleanest sometimes. But also like small dog, like. Yeah. Yeah, you know. It's tiny. If something's four that's, pounds. That's that and, and she said she was joking, so she's admitted to this, yes? We can I'm yeah. not sure. She yeah. did finally admit it. I guess. I think the I think the testimony of the um Limo like, driver? She called it a horrible practical joke. It was like the okay. head of What's security. Yeah. It's yeah, the limo driver and that's what security. the girl said. That's a non-negotiable for me. Yeah. Shitting on the bed? Yeah, that's not... The security guards told the court that he and Amber Heard had a conversation pertaining to the surprise she left in the boss's bed. I mean, I get everyone poops, <sighs> but holy shit. But we yeah. can agree that this was a horrid act of Amber's. Are we, or are we on the fence of like, oh no, it's funny. Not funny. No. no. Okay, I don't know. We no. have people... <laughs> <laughs> Just want to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah. Well, and it was before she like left for a trip too. To Coachella. Like, she like she up and shit left. on a bed and then went to Coachella. Damn. There's something about every time they say Coachella in this case that just I mean, I don't know, maybe it's because I've been to Coachella and there's like I've done that too. Like I can <laughs> You can relate in some way. <laughs> yeah. Like there are people just like us. Celebrities are just like us. Um, but it does it also like kind of begs the question because it shows like the depths of their fights and like what was happening. And so it's sort of like, wow, like how were they what I really am curious, like kind of like what the dialogue was like for both of them in choosing to stay together when they knew this is how ugly and insane their fights were getting. Well, I think that's again a question for Dr. <sighs> yeah. Darcy. I've had conversations with friends, not other doctors, about what this diagnosis of 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 her personality means. Part of which I heard was this we and I think they've talked about in this trial, this fear of abandonment, which would make sense in theory, right? Like if you have a type of personality that pushes people away. Mm -hmm. I can only assume that as you in adult life have these intimate relationships, you you might know there's like something off like you know yeah. you push people away and that compounds the f this fear of abandonment but you can't help yourself no i mean we all self-sabotage this is that on a way on bigger a, scale on a bigger scale way and bigger. i wonder if you know again we can I, I suppose have empathy for amber that she might have this yeah condition 
not an excuse no. for any shitting or violent behavior. Well, even people without personality disorders or mental like health struggles like this, there's so many ways to just get stuck in that toxic relationship loop and stuff you put up with. You're like, this. I know this isn't healthy, but like maybe it'll get better. Oh, we love each other. We can work it out. And so it's like, this is again just on a way bigger, worse scale. Yeah, it's very, it's it's rough. And then we've seen since last week pictures of Johnny Depp and his black eye. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you also seen the the video of this went around like a while ago? But the video that someone caught on the red carpet where she raises her hand to like move her hair. And people think he like kind of flinches and like yeah. looks over because she raises her hand. Yep. I did not it's like see a very that. interesting moment. I'll see yeah. if I can find it. But it's like a very. Mm. Yeah, I saw that one. If you don't have a grandfather like Amanda to teach you things like German. But you still want to connect. Still want to connect. With a family member if you want to connect when you're traveling. Language is so, learning language is good for your brain, folks. It is good for the brain. And you might not have a grandfather on call who can teach you German. And so that's where Babbel comes in because you'll actually talk with native speakers and learn applicable phrases. This is like real authentic language learning taught by native speakers. Yeah, Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it uh, the perfect way to learn uh, a new language on the go. Other language Learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. They're teaching methods that have been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, they have speech recognition technology that helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. They have live classes. They also have podcasts you can listen to about languages. They have Babbel Live, where you can like work with actual a live instructor, which I've done, which is really helpful. Whether it's wanting to like become fluent in a language, you can use Babbel for that. Or maybe you're taking a trip to Europe this summer. Or you said you and Natalie have been talking about Paris. Paris. You might want to brush up. And maybe you just want to like learn how to like. Order, order something order a croissant or ask for directions and kind of just immerse yourself with the community that you're traveling to Babel is absolutely perfect for all those things so right now you can save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash v-i-a-l-l that's babbel.com slash v-i-a-l-l for 60% off your subscription Babel language for life here's the one thing I, I don't get about the case right now is I don't get why it's so long. Because yeah. at this point, and again, I, I, I'm dumb and I don't know anything, but it seems like we, at least from what we heard from the trial, that um, there's evidence that suggests, or there's evidence that shows that Amber Heard was physically abusive towards Johnny. Mm-hmm. We've learned about her diagnosis. We've seen the text messages to Amber Heard from Johnny, you know, that's, I think for a lot of people, um, we know like it's not okay to talk that way, but I think a lot of people have, a lot of people are thinking I've said some crazy shit Yeah. in the heat of the moment. That's much different than following through with any of those things. And I think because again, last week there's that, I think you see it all the time. Like the death knell is, pretending you're one way or portraying yourself as something only to be found out that you might be different Mm -hmm. and people really react to that. So in this case you have 
for, I think, for a lot of people, we all just took Amber Heard at her word. We looked at Johnny Depp after this um, op-ed is in a very different way. Yeah, for sure. And now things are coming out that makes us unsure. Now, I know there's people who, there was the trial in, in England and, and Depp lost that case. And I think there's, there's still people who have said, well, that, that proves that he did these things. I don't, I could be, that might be true. I don't know. But my understanding is all they've proved is that, and they have very different laws in England and free speech is like propped up more than it is here. Like the press is harsh and they get away with kind of virtually anything there. And my understanding is the only thing that Johnny Depp lost there was them saying like, we see enough proof to, sug- to, to say that this paper is not liable for doing that. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that necessarily, I have still have yet to see any hard evidence that Johnny um, physically uh, abused Amber. And again, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I haven't seen it, but I think you're seeing a lot of people almost kind of reverse engineer what they used to think about Johnny and Amber and everything they're digesting seems to be as a reaction to that, right? Like, I feel like I'm, I'm just seeing this incredible support and empathy for Johnny, it seems, out in the yeah. public. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, people are ready to boycott Disney in the next Pirates movie. And I think there's been, like, a big resurgence of, like, his fans. And, like, I, this is kind of weird to me, but, like, all the fan edits of, like, him in court. Have you guys seen those where mm-hmm. it's, like, thirst traps over, like, this court footage and like what he's saying and stuff and I'm like okay you can show support but like this is this is also like a very important trial so I'm like yes. the thirst traps kind of weird me out but yeah it's nice to see like him gaining that support because he he was so hurt by that like his apology videos that he came out and he's like I'm so sorry I'm putting you my fans in this terrible position and so it's it's well, hard even like I think it was his lawyer that was saying what did you lose as a result of this op-ed and he just took a moment and he was like i lost everything yeah everything. like you could tell how emotional he was and he was like everyone now views me as someone who would abuse women and who did all these things mm-hmm. yeah and it's it seems like he made the choice between knowing that things were gonna come out about yeah. him. to your point like celebrities just don't do this no like even when they've done things wrong or even when they haven't done things wrong, they, it's they just, the playbooks is, well, not only settle, but it's just like, just let it, it'll, it'll go away. Blow over. It'll blow over. And honestly, it usually does. But Johnny was just like, I don't care what comes out about me. He just wants to clear I his name. I, you know, it, it's the impression is, yeah. he's just like, I don't hit women. I don't hit people. I might have said some crazy things. I might have said some things. You can, you can call me a verbally abuser if you want. I, mean, I don't know if he's down for that but it just seems like you know there was this text message thread that i was was made public where it was johnny depp i don't know who he was who he was texting but he was basically like bettany maybe yeah and he was basically like i don't go fuck anymore like it was kind of like this do what you want with me i have no fear she doesn't believe i'm going to do this i i don't care anymore and regardless of what you think about this case when you read that you're kind of i think we all know what it's like to kind of feel like we're stuck in a corner maybe not on this level but on some point in life you kind of feel like people are against you or whatever yeah. it is and you kind of have that like i don't give a fuck mentality anymore and it feels kind of empowering sometimes yeah, and I, I feel mean, like a lot of people saw this and and 
the rallying behind Johnny. Yeah. Well, it's like he was so backed into the corner. He had no more cards to play. And so it's like at that point when you have nothing left, it's like, fuck it all. Like, here we go. And so I think like that the recording that he does have where um, it, it was like her talking and she was like, yeah, go tell the world, Johnny, tell the world that that you were abused by a woman. And like, yeah. it's like that gaslighting. It's like, Ooh, and okay. I think that hearing that anyone who's heard that we talked about this last week like what is it like I think it's just triggering for everyone it's everyone it's triggering for men who have been uh, emotionally abused by their partners or even physically abused yeah. and felt like no one's going to believe me I think it's triggering for for women both especially people who have been victims of like what is it going to say? People aren't going to believe us anymore. They're going to use this as an excuse to like reasons for not to believe victims of any kind, you know, men or men or women. And I think people are just so like that hearing that was. Yeah. And that's, and I guess that was my original point. I didn't finish it, but I'm confused why this trial is so long. Cause despite what now it seems like we don't, we have the information we need now. It just seems like an assassination of Amber's character. Or it's just like now we just want like the, it seems like Johnny Depp seems just want to like pile on of like tell these horrid stories about her. I don't know. I just wonder if it's that or if her her lawyers are just doing such a poor job. And like in terms of like public opinion, like their mockery on the internet. Did you see the the video where Johnny Depp's the uh, Amber Heard's lawyer objected to his own question, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which hearsay, yeah, hearsay, and then he almost like. He sounded confused. And the judge is just like, you asked the question. The question. Yeah. <laughs> Which like I've TikTok, you see all these like lawyers break it down. He was correct in what he was trying to do, but he used the wrong words to do it. So it's not like you can't object to your own question, but it you can like you can like invalidate the response sure. based on hearsay. So he he fumbled the bag in terms of like what he said. He could have it was it was legit, but not legit in how he said it. Yeah, I think you gotta you gotta yeah, you think you have to throw a perfect game. You do. On, on you here. do. Otherwise. I mean, this is court. This isn't, you know what I mean? But everyone's like, yeah, he got his, she got her lawyers on Wish. Like, these are the Wish lawyers. <laughs> Task Rabbit. <And> yeah. <laughs> like, fuck. All right, we'll break it down more, but we have Dr. Darcy here. She is going to join us, and we have some questions for her. Dr. Darcy, thank you for joining. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Before we kind of dive into all the things we want to talk about with you, can you let my audience know a little bit about you, your background, your expertise, and then we'll go from there. Sure. So I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I practice in New York City. My practice, Alternatives Counseling, has been around for 27 years and I specialize in helping people thrive in their relationships. Amazing. I'm a relationship therapist. Oh, wonderful. Well, uh, we're hoping that maybe you could shed some light on, on some of the things that we're seeing in this trial. I think I would need a laser beam, or I'm not sure if I need a laser beam or a spotlight, but um, yes, <laughs> by all means, my, my intention is to try and connect some some dots for people so are you able i think our biggest question is to help us understand like last week uh there was a doctor who uh diagnosed amber heard with what was the diagnosis it was histrionic personality disorder was one of them okay and borderline personality disorder was the other so what does that mean because i think a lot of people including myself were first kind of like oh she's got multiple personalities or you know i think there's a lot of no, ignorance not. around that which 
uh, I don't think is the case. So what what does that mean? And I guess like other than being like, oh, Amber Heard's crazy, you know, is it that simple? But like, how can we now better understand this diagnosis and how does it play a role in the relationship? Yeah, it's a specific brand of crazy. Um, and, and I don't use that term lightly. I mean, I literally, the people with those two personality disorders are very, very sensitive to rejection and abandonment. And they unwittingly provoke it in their partners and in people in their lives. So there's lots of game playing, lots of testing to confirm that the relationship is really as solid as they need it to be to feel safe and secure in the relationship. And the defining characteristic of both of those personality disorders is the person has feels emotions very, very intensely. So heightened sensitivity to emotions. Zero goes from zero to 10. So zero being completely neutral on the discomfort scale, 10 being the most uncomfortable imaginable. They feel those eight, nines and tens on a regular basis and can almost never sense as they're escalating. They go from zero to 10 almost instantaneously. So their emotions are very, very heightened. They, so it, and and what it does not to dork out too much is it throws them into the part of their brain called the amygdala, which is the oldest part of our brain. And it, it really like when you're in that part of the brain, the part of your brain that can think your right mind, the part of your brain that can anticipate consequences to your behaviors, it's pulled offline. Once you're in the amygdala, the prefrontal cortex is offline. And so they, and all the amygdala does is it keeps you alive. So they're immediately thrown into a fight response style and, and doesn't necessarily mean they take off their gloves, but obviously in this case, she took off lots of things. Gloves, I think probably, I, I don't even know. Like the, the, the fighting I read about was just at a level that I've been practicing 27 years. I've never heard of fighting like that. Now, to be clear, I do tend to work with the gifted and talented on the mental health spectrum. I tend to deal with people who are killing it in their lives and just want more from their relationships. So they're, although sometimes people walk to come into me limping a little, they are not, these are, these are people who the rest of us just really want. They're, we're inspired by these people that I work with. But that said, I didn't always work with this population. I've worked with people from all walks of life. I've never heard of fighting like this. So the heightened fight response style causes them to engage in a pattern of um, attention-seeking behaviors when they're escalated, which happens very easily. And it feels to the person who has these personality disorders as though they're going to die. They can't imagine a moment in time where they're not going to feel this way. They, they, they can't, they can't ponder that they're very impulsive and they will do anything to keep the connection going with their partner. So like, for example, when Johnny claims that he has stepped away and said he needed to cool off. If that's not done in a very specific way, it feels very much like an abandonment. 
to the person who has this personality disorder, she, she or they feel provoked and will often go to great lengths, as we've all sadly read, to keep the person engaged, either verbally or physically or whatever. And so it's really about this hypervigilance around abandonment and rejection. They imagine it where it where it doesn't need to be existing. And they respond to it very impulsively and very toxically. That was such a long one. No, that was great. I appreciate you articulating that. (laughs) So my question, it seems like, does it compound over time? Because it sounds like people with these personality disorders would just naturally push people away. And they must, there must be some sort of self-awareness over time to know that like, boy, no one can stand me after a couple months of dating them. And do they become even more like escalated, even more like are more aggressive, more angry, or is it just, you know, there's, they, they just are this and it's always been an issue. So they don't walk into a relationship with this as their calling card. They don't lead with this kind of behavior. There's small testing that's going on early in the relationship that when the partner or the prospective partner doesn't set a boundary, doesn't look like revolted and horrified by the behaviors, is a teaching, the the person internalizes that as, oh, I mean, it's not conscious what, what is happening, but like, we teach people how to treat us. So if, you know, if I'm on a date with somebody and we have a disagreement and that person hangs up on me, I'm probably, there's going to be a big consequence to the fact that the person even hung up on me, let alone calls me names, let alone escalates their, their, the volume of their voice, let alone breaks things or threatens to break up. So what these people wind up doing is they repulse healthy people and the people that there are sort that they surround themselves with are sort of people who will tolerate this they know that that's the price of admission to be in a relationship with these people so the question that you asked backing up was does this get progressively worse over time right yeah. and i think the answer is yes it it does it either gets Yes, it gets worse over time because what she actually needs is somebody who can stand up to her and set a boundary and say no. But what we've got is these two people who are so riddled in privilege, both because they're white and because they're straight and because they're rich and because they're celebrities and, you know, and because of what they look like. All of these things are different boxes that are that are ticked in the privilege category. And they've got so much of it that like nobody ever says no to either one of them. And so together they were just like an atomic bomb. They were beyond toxic. Yeah. What role does uh, Johnny Depp has talked about his relationship with his mother and how that was sounded like maybe abusive or at least problematic what role of at all does that play on, you know, maybe uh, Johnny being drawn or accepting of this type of behavior as opposed to someone who's just like, well, that's that's a boundary I can no longer be a part of and just walks away as opposed, you know, he 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 stayed around for a while. 
Oh, he absolutely did. So he offers this up as as an excuse or an explanation for how he found himself in this crazy relationship. And actually, for those of us who are trained, we hear that and say, so basically you're saying you haven't done your own work. You didn't do your own healing. And when you don't heal it, you date it or you marry it or you become business partners with it like that, you know, nobody gets to bypass their own work. And the fact that he was in a relationship with somebody like her tells me everything I need to know about his mental health or lack thereof. So is there a predisposition to be attracted to people who wound us in similar ways to the ways our parents wounded us? Absolutely. That's why we go to therapy when we're adults. We go to therapy not to reenact those patterns what are some things that would be you know minus things we're seeing in this trial but anyone listening like would be a wake-up call for maybe i need to get therapy or you know like obviously we're, 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 yeah we're, we're everyone needs to get therapy everyone, everyone okay. needs to get therapy yes if you want to if you just to be the walking wounded you need to be in therapy. If you want to thrive, you definitely need therapy. The idea that some of us have come out of childhood having hit the childhood lottery and don't have wounds is a level of, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's willful ignorance or if it's naivete or if it's arrogance or grandiosity, but none of those look good to me. It's wrong. We all come out of childhood with a little bit. We, we all come out with certain fractures and certain predispositions. And unless you came out of your childhood and you were like, yo, I want to sign up for that exact thing. If that's not what you want in your adult relationship, then yeah, go into therapy, analyze your life, understand why you are the way you are so you can actually guide a partner. You know, had he done the work that he did or that he should have done that he didn't do, he would have smelled her and the familiarity of how she is such a close representation of his mother. If what he says is true, he would have smelled that a mile away and he would have recognized that he was attracted to it the same way we're all attracted to certain people with certain traits that aren't good with us, good for us. You know, uh, your your listeners, mo lots of people will uh, be able to relate to the person who's slightly unavailable. That's so attractive to so many of us. I love somebody who I have to chase just a little bit. That's really, really attractive to me. And but when you've done your own work, you recognize that that is a person you can recognize that propensity to be attracted to that kind of person and talk yourself through it. You have to recognize your relationship patterns that come from your childhood and make different choices, but you can only make those different choices when you know what your relationship patterns are because you've looked at your childhood, you know? And we don't all have to sign up for psychoanalysis. I don't do that stuff. We don't all have to sit on a couch and talk about our childhood experiences ad nauseum. Like a good therapist gets that out of you in like four hours and, and, and then can show you how your current day choices all harken back 
to those experiences that you had as a little kid. I'm wondering, Amber has obviously made it very far. Like to make it in Hollywood, you have to be a certain level of charming and all of this stuff. And so I look at, you know, my experience with certain personality disorders or other mental, you know, health diagnoses. And I just wonder if it was almost a bait and switch because you don't hear a lot of his past relationships having any of these, you know, volatile or toxic tendencies. Sure, yeah. So I'm just wondering, like, was it a bait and switch where she was charming and charismatic? Because histrionic, it's, it is really rare, but, you know, those people come off as very sure of themselves initially and very confident and have this air about them, like almost like an Anna Delvey, where you, you're just drawn to them in a sense because of how grandiose they are. And so I'm just wondering if for him it was that bait and switch where he didn't even know what he was into until he was six months or even had the ring. Yeah, I mean, is there something there where he almost, I get what you're saying. It's just like there isn't a history of him dating um, I guess people like Amber, but because he has maybe this history with his mother that he almost kind of got caught in a fly trap. But once he was caught, then he was kind of stuck responding. He kind of got trapped in like this relationship with his mother. Is there something there to that? Because he doesn't, he, his dating history doesn't suggest that he's always dated people like this. Yeah. So I would say I would be willing to put it in, in blood that there is no way that he doesn't have a, some of this, some of this toxicity threading through most of his long-term relationships. And it may have been that these women were the, his, his exes were healthier than Amber and they just didn't roll the way she rolls. But the, what you do anywhere is what you do everywhere. So he didn't just get caught in a fly trap. He's attracted to women who behave a certain way. And it may be that these others, his exes, just didn't have it at the level that she had it at. Now, to address your question, um, people with a personality disorder, they don't necessarily show it to the world. So they, they, they can be high functioning. They can be successful in life. They know that they can't act like animals with certain people. And so they keep their shit together at work. They keep their shit together in certain certain relationships. It's the people that they're closest to who see the gore and the the infection that they walk around with 24-7. Now, in terms of a bait and switch, there is something to be said for that. Like when any of us start a new relationship, we're obviously, you know, not only are we trying to show the best sides of ourselves, but what happens in that in the honeymoon stage of relationship, which is where we're infatuated and falling in love, is that our brains are 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 producing all these neural chemicals so that and some of them make us easier to be around, make us literally feel better than we normally feel and act more appropriately than we normally act. And they, these, some of these neural chemicals also minimize our ability to identify red flags. So this is happening in both partners in the honeymoon phase of the relationship. And that is why, you know, people, 
in my field will say, do not commit until you've been together well beyond that honeymoon, because you do not know somebody until you've been through the first stomach flu with them, until you've been, if, until you've seen them in a loss, until you've seen them be devastated. And, you know, thankfully, most of us don't experience those things inside of six or nine months consistently. So you have to put in the time and get the miles under your belt to make sure that whether it's a conscious bait or bait and switch or, or just a result of everyone being high from the beginning stages of that relationship, you need those chemicals to dissipate so that you can come back down to earth and see one another through the lens that you're going to be living with the rest of your lives. When you say commit, or do you mean like long-term, like moving in engagement or marriage? You're not necessarily suggesting like defining the relationship, right? Oh, no, I'm not talking okay. about defining the yeah. relationship. I'm talking like There's getting married. There's a lot of married. people listening and be like, oh, great. I can just, no commitment yeah, getting for married. me. Yeah, don't get, don't get married. Yeah. Don't get married before, before you're out of that honeymoon because you don't know the person. Because you don't know the person and, and, and they don't know who you are because neither of you are who you really are. Yeah. It's not necessarily this bait and switch that's conscious, that that is manipulative. Although I will say the, uh, the, the different personality disorders that she meets criteria for, manipulation is a huge component to the borderline, a huge component. So one the qu last question I have for you is we've been kind of talking about, you know, up until this point that, you know, there's this evidence that, you know, Amber did this to Johnny and, you know, there's evidence that he certainly spoke to her in a very toxic way. How is someone in your field, how do you guys, how do you approach or diagnose when you have two people in a relationship who are being abusive to each other or just being toxic to each other? Like there seems to be a lot of, you know, finger pointing. In and that. the substance use element. Yeah. And so like, yeah. what is, how do we look at that? I, you know, I, I think I probably inappropriately use the word co-abuse a couple weeks ago in terms of like, how do, how does something in your field, you sit down with a couple, they start talking. And then after like 15 minutes, you're thinking you guys are terrible to each other. Uh, how, how do you look at that situation? Well, first of all, when you have somebody, when you're in a situation where one or both partners are at least abusing substances, if not in a full on addictive problem, you have to fix the addiction before you can deal with the human beings. The addiction needs to be handled first because you're not because you're not getting to the person when they're in the throes of an addiction. So first and foremost, they both of them needed to be in some sort of program where they were for sure where it was confirmed through like random drug testing that they weren't using and that they were working a program. The, the next thing is that both of these people seem to be incapable of taking almost any responsibility for the problems in the relationship. You know, Johnny says, I didn't put cigarettes out on her. I just flipped a cigarette butt at her. I'm sorry. That's a distinction without a difference, in my opinion. Um, and the idea that he thinks that that's a distinction is very, very telling to who he is as a human being and just like how unaware he is about what, how he presents and, and how much of this is his responsibility. The, one of the most 
damning parts of having a personality disorder is that the person with a personality disorder is often so hypersensitive to any honest feedback and critique that they like bristle under it. And so they surround themselves with yes men and women, people who just enable them because nobody wants to deal with the nut that comes out when they set a boundary with them or when they gently suggest that something might be their responsibility. And so the two of these people would give any therapist such a run for her money because neither one of them wants to be responsible or neither one of them wants to look in a mirror. So at the point at which the addiction were handled and being managed, then the real work starts. And that would be such a high bar for any professional because neither of those two has any inkling into how they look to the rest of the world and how they contributed to the toxicity of that relationship. I am not surprised that they were together. They were perfect for each other. In the worst possible way. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Self-awareness is really hard to teach someone to. Like it's it's so impossible if someone lacks self-awareness to try to instill it in them. It's And the irony is, is that people like them would never seek out a therapist like me because I'm known for giving honest feedback. That's my whole, that's my whole identity professionally. And so the people that come to me are the ones that are open to hearing it. They would never want somebody like me. They would go to like a a traditional therapist that would validate them into like, I don't know, an emotional coma. I'm curious, like with this news, uh, and particularly like the past week, shedding light on personality disorders and other mental health diagnoses, I think there's also been kind of a reactionary other people who have those diagnoses being worried about the way it's being portrayed in media. I'm curious if you have any insight on the way that we can approach talking about this trial and these mental health conditions um, and like understanding the way they factor in while also doing so in a way that gives kind of like dignity and respect to people who may have these diagnoses. I was disturbed by the doctor's um, minimization of Amber's suggestion that she had PTSD. Most people who have a personality disorder have trauma in their history, whether they're struggling with PTSD or not. Um, I can't speak to that, but there is an absolute common denominator between people who are diagnosed with personality disorders and having lived through often developmental trauma, trauma as children that never got worked out. So it is important for all of us to remember that hurt people hurt people. Healthy people don't hurt people. And when we do hurt people, we we are apologetic and empathetic and willing to, you know, willing to repair the wound that we create. So it is, you know, and I, what, what I read was that the doctor that evaluated her um, said that she doesn't believe that she has PTSD because apparently PTSD is one of, again, I may have this wrong, but I do know I read this, that that PTSD is apparently an easy diagnosis to fake or the easiest diagnosis to fake. I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. I don't know if I, I mean, if Amber were as 
diagnostically sophisticated so as to be able to meet criteria for one thing and not really have it, I would think that she would also have the self-awareness to have not met criteria for histrionic or borderline personality disorder because when somebody's evaluating for that, the questions are very obvious what we're assessing for. And so I don't think that you can say, oh, I diagnosed her with this, but I don't believe that she meets criteria for that because it's very easy to fake this. I, I don't I don't think that those two things go together to me. And I think it's important for everyone to remember that, again, you know, people who are wounded are the people who wind up, we're not born with personality disorders. They're a maladaptive coping mechanism to a very dysfunctional environment, childhood generally. And then the person just goes through life like the rest of us do, finding people who fit into their worldview. And if your worldview is a healthier one, you're going to surround yourself with healthier people. And for people who have personality disorders, um, the worldview is not such a... um, It's not such a stable and secure one. And so the people they surround themselves with are going to reinforce those patterns of behavior that they learned as children. And so, yes, compassion is is indicated with people with personality disorders. And also they need to do their own work. Do you know, uh, and if you don't know, that's fine, but do you know why in this case... Uh, one question I have, and I think we were discussing, how is this not a violation of Amber Heard's uh, HIPAA rights with her diagnosis being broadcasted across the world? I mean, I know it's in court. Do you like give away that right? She had to. Yeah, no, she Mm -hmm. had to. So when you, when you engage in a, in a lawsuit like this, where each partner is um, claiming emotional damages to the other, you have to waive your rights to all sorts of things. And the doctor that diagnosed her, I believe came, was either court appointed or came through. Maybe he, maybe I think he hired her. It's very possible. And I think it's very, I, I think it's inexcusable that, that her team didn't then turn around and require him to be, to be evaluated as well. Um, that is, but yeah, yeah that's that, interesting to me. Yeah, why wasn't he evaluated? I, I mean, he should have been um, and should be. And here's the deal. If you're in a relationship voluntarily with somebody like that, apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I mean, water seeks its own level. We attract what we are. So pointing a finger and being like, oh my God, I married crazy. Doesn't look good for you. Yeah. I would actually love to work with either one of them um, because uh, I feel like a know. lot of people in your field would uh, that's would want to because obviously there's a lot I mean, to unpack there. It would be a really yeah. nice. It would be a great challenge. Yeah. It would be a really great challenge. Um, but it would have to be the kind of thing where it was like with any therapist, it would have to be my way as the therapist or the highway because the level of negotiation and and manipulation and pushing boundaries and testing and trying to like dilute something that is known to work, that'll be, that'll be, 
that would be an endless conflict between the therapist and somebody, you know, who struggles the way both of these two individuals clearly do. Well, well, Dr. Darcy, I really appreciate you joining us. It's been uh, really insightful. Uh, can you let my audience know where they can find you and follow you for uh, more of your content? Absolutely. You can follow me at AskDrDarcy.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate it and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, guys. Take Bye. care. Bye. All right. Lots to unpack there. Wow. I know. What are your thoughts, Morgan? I don't know. I'm still thinking about what you asked too, of like how to do like these, you know, people or you know, individuals with mental health diagnoses. And I think like what's really important to remember is like Amber might be the exception, not the rule. Just because someone has a diagnosis, like someone can have a hundred people can have the same diagnosis. And in those hundred people, it's going to manifest so differently. Sure. So I think everyone just like with any diagnosis, narcissism, schizophrenia, bipolar, no matter what it is, it's like that diagnosis isn't representative of them. Like there's always the exceptions to the rule. So I don't know. It's a lot. It's heavy. I think maybe also to answer your question too. And you know, Dr. Darcy obviously was very passionate about like everyone needing therapy. You're not getting any disagreement from, from us. And and, and it sounds like her expectation is like, Listen, you it is treat it's treatable as as, as she said. Yeah, like self accountability. So it's kind of like do the work, and and then again the follow up question is well what how do you know if you don't have uh, like uh, the these borderline personality disorders or mm-hmm. you know if you suffer from bipolar I guess if you went to therapy maybe you would get diagnosed because I feel I feel yeah. like a lot of people struggle with feeling like there's something not right, you know, or where they feel misunderstood or they feel confused. And maybe that's when they seek therapy. It's hopefully it's therapy through a professional they seek versus, you know, especially out here in LA, you can run yeah. into like a lot of life coaches or, oh or you know, so many podcast hosts that want to diagnose you. <laughs> I hate when people like my listeners, I had one right in. She's like, yeah, we've been having couples counseling with my pastor. And I'm like, like I, I understand people are super religious, but like that's not a trained professional to help you. And I unless you know, unless they unless they've gone through that as, as well. like they went to a yeah. proper schooling for yeah. that. As long as it was like yeah. training and not a weekend couples counseling camp. Yes. But I do the only bone I have to pick is like access to therapy isn't easy. It's not affordable for a lot of people. Yeah. It's difficult to access. There's a big shortage of therapy providers in the US. I don't know about other countries. So it's like especially if you're in a rural area, good luck getting a good therapist. So, And it's very expensive. It's so expensive. So I will just say with that, it's like I get there's a lot of people out there that might be in the boat of like, I'm trying to get help. I'm trying to do the work, but I just can't do it. I don't have access to it. 100%. The only, the only pushback sometimes that I would give there, because that is true, and I think, you know, you talk about it in your podcast, we talk about it here. It's just changing the stigma around therapy mm-hmm. because so many of us have no problem investing in gym memberships and coffee. random diets or coffee or clothes. Yeah. And we just don't, you know, we'll say, oh, I, I, I can't afford this. It's just like, well, sometimes our ability to afford a thing has to come down to our, well, how we prioritize yeah, things. Yeah, definitely. Because it seems like such an inconvenience to spend money on therapy, 
right? Or it seems like it's an inconvenience to spend money on a doctor because it's like, well, if I were just healthy, I wouldn't have to spend money on this. I could spend on things I enjoy. And we just look at, uh, you know, we work at, we look at going to the gym or, you know, taking kind of, let's say a class, a cooking class. A cooking class is an investment in ourselves because we want to learn how to cook, Mm -hmm. right? But therapy is also an investment in ourselves, even if we aren't like, like I do, I, I started therapy. I just felt like I kind of needed it. Things were going well. Now I'm on like an every other week rotation. I'm just, I'm just tuning the piano, just a so to bit speak. Of maintenance yeah, here and you there. Know, every yeah. once in a while, I'm like, "Fuck, darling," I just, like, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I relapsed, you know, or yeah. something like that. Well, um, and that's like the analogy. I think that's come up a lot. It's like you get your car regular oil changes. Like, what do you do for yourself? That's regular maintenance. Yeah, you need therapy. So while it's it, it is expensive and not super affordable for everyone. I think there are also a, a large group of people who choose not to make that investment yes. in themselves and, and money might be tight, but what, what are other areas we're spending money on? And shoot, if we're just, if our mental health isn't where it needs to be, we're just, we make, it compounds how difficult life is on us. Yeah. You know, when, when we feel insecure about ourselves we project that on everyone around us, mm-hmm. you know, and and then we wonder why we're just having bad days or we can't get out of our own way. It's just like, well, I mean, I at least for me, I mean, there's, yeah. I've been in states of mind, whether it's because of a breakup or heartbreak where I just was, I just made my world around me that much more miserable and darker. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think we've all been there, that self-sabotage, that I mean, I hate the world and I'm just going to live in my misery kind of moment. So been there. And I think too, therapy is hard because you don't get a tangible thing. It's not like going to the store and you walk away with a shirt. It's like not this tangible thing. But I think a lot of people could rebudget or allocate their money a little better because there are a lot of online services now that are very affordable. Uh, what do we have left on this trial that we we have going on that, like, I guess not, not look, looking forward to seems uh, weird uh, to say. No, but someone, I saw someone there Awaiting. Like, yeah. <laughs> anticipating. I'm, I'm anticipating Amber. When does Amber Heard take the stand? When does Paul Bettany... I don't know if she necessarily has to, does she? I think she can... Well, also, that's a, my question... Two, and maybe we need like a legal expert here. They, they, Johnny Depp is suing Amber Heard for $50 million. Like, I don't think he cares about the money. Mm-mm. She countersued for $100 million. I don't know if that's really about the money either. But also, what does that mean since they're both suing each other? Is it six weeks because Johnny Depp's going to go through, like, his defense is going to try Amber Heard and they get to defend their accusations? And then we have like another three weeks of Amber Heard, her team putting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like telling their version of the story. Like I'm really curious about that. Well, she also she testifies on Wednesday, and also I this think, Wednesday. Yeah, and I think maybe it's worth noting oh that my. she fired her PR team like days before testifying. Ooh, okay. So what's but not everyone her doing on Wednesday? <laughs> Should we get together? <laughs> yeah. Get the get the popcorn. Get the popcorn or drinks ready. Yeah. What, I'm curious why she fired her PR team. I mean, other than like obviously press. Hasn't I been think she super said positive. they weren't like painting her in a good light. Well, don't I don't have much to work with. They, yeah. I mean, people are watching the trial. They're seeing the testimony of her yeah. shitting and on beds and, and pictures of Johnny Depp. I saw footage of 
both of them leaving the courthouse and like people outside beyond the gate and like she left and everyone started yelling like why did you poop in the bed like da, 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 like all this oh negative my stuff God. and then Johnny came out later and people were like Johnny, Johnny. oh no it's like very yeah. one-sided yeah. also have we seen how like Amber Heard's dressing like Johnny Depp yeah have the we... suit with the tie like which is a part of like the diagnoses where you, you emulate your partner so there's people like comparing her style before she ever dated him and then her style when she was dating him and she would wear all the rings, the bracelets, the hat. Like she looked like she was borrowing I his mean, clothes. Couples do that to some degree all the time. But this was intense. Yeah. This was a lot. It may be transitioning away from this trial to a different uh, couple situation. We have Olivia oh, yes. Wilde getting served oh. court papers while speaking on a panel. On, on stage. And she gets served court was she, papers. Was this like a TED Talk type almost panel? Like, it, was pro- was... it was promoting her new movie, oh. Harry Styles' uh, girlfriend. Every, everything comes back to Harry, really, when well, you think I'm, about it. I don't know. A lot of people have attributed her marriage ending to Harry. To Harry. So Have they? Yeah. So maybe this is like kind of the last like F you from yeah, Jason being Yeah, promoting like, the movie he's in. Yeah. yeah. Do you think, well, that's the big question. Because Jason's team came out and denied it. Yes. It. It's like, like knowledge I, that, I, that that would be the way of. It's like this would be, this. I would never, I never condone this or approve this. I was unaware this would happen. The person who served papers had credentials to this event. We've all seen the movies where people oh, who serve papers like dress up, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, in costumes Pizza and characters. Yeah, yeah. To like, to serve someone. And yeah. So it's like a whole thing. But do we believe Jason Sudeikis? Do we believe Ted Lasso? would do uh, something th- this mean, is bad if it's really bad if he did that yeah that's a level of petty yeah because it's like the event that she was speaking at CinemaCon is it is used for it's like pitching to movie theaters about your film like this is very much a business this is not even just like a vanity or you know or like a speech like mm-hmm. this is her speaking on a panel like this is very related to her livelihood and her work and so it's a really well, people get served papers at work all the time. So if it's, yeah, I I would think it'd be worse if it was like a like a public forum. Well, I think, but it was very public. Yeah, no, this yeah, is no, like I guess, spotlight. Yeah. I think too, if like if the person had credentials to be there, her talk couldn't have been that long. What is it? A thirty minute, forty five minute talk? You oh. can't wait in the crowd so you don't lose oh, her. It definitely was like. The Come person on, yeah. serving Use it. Use some tact. How much control does Jason have over that? Like, Probably do you say, I'd off. like to serve this person, and then it's up to the people serving? It's probably at their discretion, honestly. Yeah. Like, did he just tell them to serve her the day before, that morning? Was he deliberate? I think that's the... I mean, but he's saying no. He's saying yeah. he didn't have anything to do with it. But that's what everyone's going to say. Yeah. Like, no, I'm going to be that's like, the thing. If, I don't yeah, want to prove it. If he, did the, if he did this on purpose, is there any, like, he wouldn't be like, yeah, I mean, I did that. No. Yeah. You'd never admit he that. He would lie, right? Totally. Well, because then this whole thing is about custody. That's going to be brought up in court then, too. Like, oh, so you want, you know, you know what I mean? It's a bad reflection on his character. How does that get into him as a father? That's That's a good point. Yeah. Like, if he did do this on purpose, that's a level of petty. You don't want your kids learning from that. No. Also, like, how old are their kids? Do we know? Let's look. Like, you're you're going to old enough research to, your parents. Yeah. And, like, you're going to Google yourself and all this stuff. Like, 
to see that animosity between parents is like really hard. Eight and five is what I'm seeing. Okay, so they're, they're little. But oh, they're only a few years removed from knowing from how to Google. Google. Yeah, no, a couple years. Yeah. That's tough. That's really tough. I think co-parenting is hard. And like, I don't understand. Their relationship must be super volatile if Wait, she's getting served I feel in this like way. that surprised people in general, even that she was served at all. Yeah. Because it's not. Do we just, I, is it the Ted Lasso effect? That, he's you he's know, gotten too big. Well, no, just well, that no, he just, plays such a lovable, yeah, kind, it's a, nice exactly. Character. It's, it's more of that. It's just like do we see Jason, like you know, when a when a movie star or an actor portrays or a villain for long periods of time. There were, yeah, there was a character on The Walking Dead, and I stopped watching The Walking Dead a long time ago, but I forget the character's name. But he was a bad guy okay. and hated, and he would talk about how people all the time on the street would just like say mean things to him, yeah, because he was such a like a oh. cruel character on the show, the opposite with Ted Lasso. It's just like, here's this like incredibly empathetic character he plays who always looks the other way and sees the good in people and see the goods and in, in good in things. A character who got divorced on the show and had his heart broken. Like he kind of, so then it's like, oh, is, is, is he playing himself? Yeah. Yeah. He's also like from SNL. So people have so much nostalgia with that show. And so yeah. it's like, he just has this like, really kind dad at a barbecue who was like, no, it's not too late for me to get you a burger, like, and fires back up the grill. Like, it's so, we have this, like, very intense perception of him, and then you have no idea what's happening behind closed doors. I think it's maybe just shocking because the last, I mean, from what I've heard, they issued statements like, we just fell out of love, we're really great friends still. Those are always bullshit. Always bullshit. But this also was around the time, like, I don't even think they had announced their divorce yet. And she was going to like a wedding with Harry and people were like, wait, is she cheating? No, they're just saying they're friends. It's very apparent things have developed further now. But like, I don't know. So maybe there is a lot of resentment and I mean, like said, team Harry Styles yeah. on this side of things. There's a source that has said, I mean, again, it's an unnamed source. So how would we hold them accountable? But the source who's a person familiar with the situation said that Sudeikis did not know when or where the papers would be delivered to her. Which is totally believable. Yeah. Why did it get to this level? A per, to, I don't know if, like, you could have waited till afterwards. Mm -hmm. So, like, someone who was savvy enough to get the credentials. Yeah. Like, I don't care who you hire, right? You They have a, a track record, references, et cetera, et cetera. And if you're Jason Sudeikis... Big time movie star. You're like, going to cover your bases. You, yes. You have a team. The only thing I will say to that is sometimes in the public eye, I will say uh, with people who have teams, people will say things like, why didn't they do the due diligence? Why didn't they do the background check, et cetera, et cetera. And the truth is people are lazy or, or their teams don't have as much follow through or they work for an established company and you would yeah. think they'd insure all of their employees but part of me wants to say if jason sadek has hired this person like didn't this person have a reputation of 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 like you know you have to hire someone who can get to a, a olivia wilde which is an incredibly which is an incredible challenge and i think i believe that the person was in the audience so they had to approach the stage so it's not like they had like backstage access and could have given it to her so they before. signed up for this mm. so they had to be incredibly like accepted it though like if someone walked she up thought to it was the, a script 
she yeah. thought it was like a hopeful like well, that, uh, well, that's, I, I, that's how i got my first internship in hollywood was like a, it's like a late night yeah. host came to my school and i like walked up to the and stage and gave them my resume papers. yeah and yeah. i gave them divorce <laughs> i said give me custody well that's what I, if you're jason sudeikis and you're hiring someone to serve your your wife court papers and she is dating she is a celebrity her's a big time celebrity mm-hmm. herself who's dating yeah. you have a bigger to get celebrity. security how You're do like, you physically handle wouldn't that you to be someone? curious to say like how do you how do you plan on going about serving these papers to my my very like unaccessible ex ex-partner yeah i don't think they were married so i oh they weren't i believe they were i, I don't believe they were married i could be wrong yeah, um, I just think and so I would beg the question as to why, and and that makes it kind of hard to believe that he didn't, he might not have known. But also, like, I'm fifty fifty. I know, but I'm like, he's got money. He's got the money to pay for the person that can get to her. Like, if this were me, I want to stay out of the spotlight even now. Like, I'm like, yeah, I have a podcast, but like, I kind of still fly under the radar where I don't get recognized in person. I'm like, I like this. This is good. I hear you. So if I was in their shoes, I'd be ultra concerned with my image, what gets out, what gets out about my family, keeping my kids safe in the future, all of this. I'd pay the extra money to make sure this is served discreetly. I would never have even let it get to this point. So Who, it's like... What do you, so what do you believe? I don't know. I, I think, honestly, I think this might have been a little malicious. And he can play play it off like I had no idea when they were going to serve it. I just paid this service and blah, 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 blah. But like you still, you could have ensured it didn't happen like this. You could have ensured and yeah. said, I want it as discreet as possible. You can't tell me she doesn't have an assistant or a PR person like that you could go to their team and be like, hey, you know what? We want to prevent this from being messy. Let's handle it Well, that's like another this. thing. You can, you don't always have to like blindside someone. No. You can say, hey, listen, this is happening Let's arrange a time where we can serve you and yeah. Or are you are you going to make us chase like Carmen San Diego it and chase you around the world? (laughs) You know, like because that's only happens when you try to avoid being served papers. But if you're going through a custody battle, is like she probably knew this was coming anyways. So why even chance this? Why not arrange it? Yeah, yeah. Behind closed doors. Yeah. Good question. I saw a video, and it was like just her dancing at Coachella, like. Or her dancing at one of his other shows and people are like, oh, Olive, Olive needs to like F off. Like Olive doesn't deserve, they call her Olive. Oh, Harry Styles fan base doesn't like Olivia Wilde. His fan base hates her, like death threats. Because they want to get with him. Yeah, that's not okay. Did you ever experience that where like even your girlfriend now, it's like. No, no, not really. I can't, I can't even imagine. Not on, not like, on, not on any noticeable level. I'm sure it might exist, but for the most part, yeah, everyone's quite supportive. Uh, yeah. And, nice. and like, yeah, yeah, I mean, not everyone. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> for the most part, from yeah. what you see. There, I, yeah. I think there's always a couple people who are critical. I don't know. It's, it sucks. I feel bad. She can't even like dance at his shows without like people taking videos of her and just like ruthlessly tearing her apart online. It's like she's like just critiquing her dancing. Yeah, and she's just sitting there, like just trying to enjoy her boyfriend's show and can't live her life. It is so interesting though, because it's like, I mean, the Jonas Brothers all have wives now, and yeah. they're all in the audience dancing. And I feel like people, it's a positive thing. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, such supportive so wives. Do you think it's because like they're the, the Jonas sisters? Yeah. Like, why do you think that is? It's because like it's a collection of brothers. I, I also know. just think they're a little earlier. 
like I think the Jonas Brothers were like slightly before. So I think as a whole, like the fans matured. I also think like the culture around One Direction, like I think that was like in a lot of ways, like one of the most not maybe original, but like when we talk about stands, like I think One Direction, like they had this like oh yeah, like chokehold on like the teen <laughs> Tumblr girls of America, teen Tumblr girls, <laughs> <laughs> like they really did. And so I think it makes sense that they would have this like very possessive approach. Well, even yeah. Harry Styles came out and said something about he had like this kind of challenging relationship with sex as it relates to like yeah. his private life and how he because there was a clause in his contract. Um, about him sort of like respectability. So like behaving in any way inappropriately with his like One Direction contract. And so that was... That's so vague. Yeah. And I think it's probably yeah. like very subject to interpretation and like control by... Can you imagine your label saying you can't have sex? Or your job? Like you can't have or sex. Or just like can't talk about it or... You have to no. Meanwhile, Nick is like, please give me the details. <laughs> What's the tea? I would never ask Carrie about his sex life. No, we're not going to interview Harry. He's going to help us answer relationship yeah. questions. You're right, you're right, you're six, right. six months. Don't so worry, Harry. Do. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, Harry, it's, it's, it's a okay. safe. You can keep it in. It's a safe environment. <laughs> do we want to talk any Selling Sunset? You've been watching. I have been watching. We have Mary tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. Uh, update. We have Mary tomorrow, guys. I know uh, we, we moved some things around the schedule to accommodate uh, Mary. Yeah, so, we got to. So we got her. Yeah, this season, it's so I started one through five. And then I was like, okay, I'm getting really tired of the Christina's a victim show. And so I skipped to the last episode and I was just like, let's see if anything changes. Literally picked up right where I left off on episode five to 10. Christine sitting there, poor me, woe is me. And I'm like, aren't you tired? Yeah. Aren't you tired? I, I was watching it this weekend. You have always been a big fan of Christine. Yeah. Christina and I go back. She I'll, makes I'm, the show sure. dramatic, but like I guess I'm just yeah. I am. I am without Christine. I genuinely and the thing is like I feel like I've kind of going through an identity crisis because I see what you're seeing now. But with still without Christine, I'm not sure what we would be talking about no, because she's get. filled Maybe every season. More of the houses. More, more. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm more where they a, go on a personal level. I'm just more like, does she enjoy? It it's it seems like almost hard to watch sometimes. It is. I think Christine definitely I mean, she talks about it on season one where she was like, I was the ugly duckling, no one no one thought I was hot, and now here I am. Because she talked about it. She she showed a guy she knew from high school or something. He came to look at a house mm -hmm. and he like asked her out or what, mm -hmm. whatever that was. And then they went to Ocean Prime. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay. All the restaurants this season, I'm like, Beauty and Essex? Really? I know. Like, I'm like, okay. Okay. But yeah, I Beauty think, and Essex. Is. Yeah. yeah. They went there this season. It like, sucks. The choices. But I just think she's someone who, I don't know if it's maybe, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist diagnosing her, but I definitely think she is a deeply deeply insecure person whether that's from her past living in LA is hard there's always these beauty standards and whatever but Christine to me is deeply insecure here, here, and that is just yeah. sabotaging everything here's what I tried I didn't understand because at first I was watching it and I got in my head about like well, you know, like Chris because Christine's always like I'm just being honest you know like there's that version of she'll say like offensive or off-putting things to these people and you know i'm i i appreciate people who are honest right mm -hmm. i always say if everyone likes you 
then you're not your most honest self like in public yeah. if you're a people pleaser then like and everyone thinks you're the greatest and like you like no one really knows who you are i i do believe that and so at first i'm thinking you know christine's just saying things people don't want to hear but it's the truth and that's what christine says but then after watching it a while i'm thinking yeah that's just kind of a bullshit excuse for someone who's like not interested in being a friend like yeah. you know like at some point you, you know these some of these people were friends with her right and then she kind of just like you said things that as a friend hurt my feelings. Truth or not, it's just like you chose not to like support me or you choose to scratch an itch or an insecurity that you knew I might have and call, call it what you want. But like you're just not being an empathetic friend. To, no. to me, that's what Christine is really guilty of. Like I think it's kind of bullshit that she is saying things and calling it like just the truth, which that might be true but you're still alienating people that you once or still call friends. And that just yeah. seems like, don't you want to, don't you want to have a friend? Some fr a friend? A friend? Like I'm fine with not having a bunch of like bullshit friends. No. But, and having your close group of friends, but she seems to be struggling in that area. But the thing is, I feel like the main difference of Christine season one and the Christine we've seen in season five is she's always said, she calls it like it is. She's honest. She did that in season one. If you think back to like the finale of season one, when she and Chriselle got into like a really heated argument, she was calling her out for lying. She did it in a very like dramatic way, but I could see where she was coming from. She was holding Chriselle accountable. She went too far by saying like, do you remember? Do you still have like effing dementia? Like, da, da, da. like she was really like strong in the way she did it, mm -hmm. but she was holding her to what she'd previously said. And now you see scenes of her, like I think it was maybe when she was sitting with Heather and Heather was like, you've said terrible things about all these girls. And she's like, no, I haven't. I've said nothing. She's like, Jokes. you said like, it's a joke. they're like, whatever. And she's like, you're right. I did say that. That's fucking hilarious. But it's I'm like, joke. but it's yeah, the wishy-washy. It's joke. not like calling it like it is now. It's like a weird, there are questions. I, I don't even believe that she thinks it's all that funny. I think that's just, um, again, not, not psychoanalyzing her. Yeah, I think it's. There's no accountability. At all. Yeah, Even it's like a tough watch. the text message with like Amanda mm -hmm. and Amanda was like calling her out and Amanda was like, Hey, yeah, it's awkward. I'm not making eye contact with you even at your broker or your broker's open broker's open. And she was like, you told me to stay out of your business. And she was like, no, I didn't. And she was like, pull up the text. She's like, read the text. <laughs> and Amanda reads it and it's word for word. Stay, stay out, out of, of my, my business. business. But then Christine was like, but keep going. Keep but it's reading. Like, we didn't say that was the only thing that was said. That's where I'm like, again, I'm having but an identity says, crisis. Stay out of your business. You're because I was a Christine, Christine was mom to me. And now I feel like I've been abandoned on the sidewalk. Yeah. Well, I also feel like it's very easy to justify her behavior because she was carrying, she was kind of carrying the show on her back in terms of creating drama. And so I think it's probably very easy for her to be like, that's the tough like part, to kind yeah. of like justify it by being like, well, I'm giving them a show. Like as much as people can like talk shit about me, Everyone like the villain. Yeah. yeah. Well, there Whatever. is, there is truth to that, you know, like. Every time we recap The Bachelor or other reality TV shows, like as fans, we watch it. And when we're watching reality TV, it's like, how could they? Or, oh my God, I can't believe it. And it's yeah. like, this is a TV show still. And there's this a is lot not of a strings. like, this is not the Truman show. We're just walking around, following people, and getting unedited, uncut versions without soundtracks. Like, the, the, <laughs> it's not a documentary. Yeah. No. <laughs> You know, and they people play into their characters, people on The Bachelor who have seen the show and they think they know how it works and they've been fans their whole life walk. You know, some people 
walk into that house and they they're playing a role. They're not yeah. they're not their authentic self. No. They're full of shit. And other people are more authentic. So it's like how do you yeah. criticize, you know, like she's still worthy of criticism, Christine, but is she maybe you know, people always say uh, producers are does she have her producers who are like you're you're the star, you are funny, this is amazing. Yeah. Ha 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 ha. Or or is or is it really just a sad person who who wants a hug and and doesn't know how to ask for it? I'm going to go towards that because I think to act like one way on the show, okay, that's that's fine. It's reality TV. Producers want to make this the storyline for the season. Sure, let's go for it. Christine's the villain. It's carrying the team. But when it starts bleeding into she's going to TMZ saying, I don't care about this wedding or going on people's podcasts, talking mad shit about other people on the show. It's like, this isn't just a show. Like, you genuinely are sabotaging your relationships with these people. Yeah, she does. Yeah, which is different than other people. Other people will go on the show and be like, oh, we're just best friends in, in real life. Yeah. You know, like, what do we believe? It's all fake. Yeah. You know who I really want on this show? Chelsea. Can we find out if she's actually British? Because rumors are going around that she's not actually British. You think it's, oh, I DM'd her and asked her to come on. <laughs> Can you send your birth certificate in order to... <laughs> people <laughs> well, think it's a fake British accent? Yeah. Yeah, people are like... Because she dips in and out of it in certain yeah. scenes. Which, like, we all uh, adapt. Like, even yeah. if you if you hear, like, Meghan Markle, after <sighs> she had been living in the UK for some time, you adapt yeah. where you are very quickly. And you hear me, like, two wines deep at a bar talking to a British man. Like, oh, you know I'm putting yeah. on an accent by I accident. Have, <laughs> I have a drunk British alter take, ego. I feel you. Take me to the south. I'll be throwing out y'alls in about 12 <laughs> yeah. minutes, you know? Like. Also, she has two Nigerian parents who immigrated to the UK. So it's like, if that's the yeah, home that's you're growing real. up in, your accent's going to be a little different. But I have seen a lot of tweets where people are like, I'm British and I do not recognize this. I bet she's... I mean, I, 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 I've known of her existence for like a week, so I don't know her <laughs> that well. Uh, but I really enjoy watching her, and she seems to be like, um, she's new, newer to the newest, new, she's new yeah. to the show. So I feel like we get a fresh perspective of her point of view on on the mm -hmm. situations. I know. I do was... we think Vanessa's leaving? I feel like Vanessa might be leaving. Yeah, she was very yeah. non-existent. Well, yeah, showed her going off on I a know. little plane. She's not 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 selling enough houses. And she has the long distance boy. Well, now they're engaged. They got engaged, which we didn't see on the show, but in real life, they're now oh, engaged. Thank do God. we do we think that promise ring was sad? We, do we think that they were like they do fake phone calls on this show? Didn't you see? Okay, here's my other thing. Where he did my, an interview though, and he was like, I know. "I've tested it, and I, I can know." Have my and camera I, and I think phone. he's full of mm -hmm. shit. The first time Emma doesn't even have the Wi-Fi password for the office. Did you see the picture of her computer screen? It's it's prompting her for the Wi-Fi password. Really? Yeah. yeah. Really I, oh my god. I think it's I think it's both. <laughs> I I haven't seen every season of Selling Sunset, but I do remember watching the first season, and I remember there was a scene of one of the brothers on the phone, and as someone who's been on reality TV a handful of times, I just thought I just remember thinking to myself, "This is the most fake phone call of all fake phone calls." <laughs> mm -hmm. Phones upside down. My response to that is whatever. Again, it's a TV show. I don't yeah. expect that they are like if I'm think about it. If I'm buying a house, I don't want you on like I don't want you recording our phone half of our phone conversation. Like I don't want any part of that. I totally understand that they have fake phone conversations. Yeah. So like I and then I saw his interview. I wish it, he would have just 
kind of like not answered the question. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, you know, like. But he yeah. really doubled down. No, he, he doubled like, down. He's like, he I tested like, it. Yeah, I no, it was a real phone call. And recently I tested it to see if I could have my camera and like she do a phone at the same time. And it's you like, can. No, I don't. I don't believe him Can't for you? a second. I'm like, where's Can my phone? You? Let's try. Should I try it? I, I bet he tested it. I don't think he's the type of person who would put that out there without testing it yeah. because you would have heard about it. Hold yeah, on. it's a very stupid lie because we're all about to... <laughs> Yeah. You're calling me I'm right calling now. I'm calling Nick and then I'm going to open my camera. I mean, you can do other things on the phone. I know. Yeah, I'm sure it's, it's still not going, that hard Is the phone call still going on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can't record Close voice memos when you're on the phone. And you can't turn on your flashlight if your camera app is open. Correct. Mm-hmm. There's a weird little thing. So, But also, okay. why, 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 why is he taking... I mean, maybe, oh, he could have been taking photos of the property and then or got a like phone a call. Or just like a cheek hit it. Well, he was at the office. Maybe he was taking photos of Chriselle. Uh, the head rubbing. Oh my god! I think that's one thing oh, that I like. Mm. I could have done without. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the brothers? I think they both. I don't know that much about the other one because he seems just very insecure and wants to like. Let's talk about me and my relationship, Brett. Yeah, but like, so Jason. He's like the shorter of the short brothers. No, I don't know. Brett was always. I don't know. I don't know a lot about Brett. Was even more of a bachelor, but Brett was dating. I think they've maybe broken up, but I forget her name. But she got very close with all the girls despite not being an agent. Yeah, and they were together for a while. Okay, because she went to Europe with them. Yeah. Although I did agree with the one brother when it was uh, when him and Chriselle were not that because I'm like what the fuck do I know about real estate? But when he wanted ten six, that was Brett. No, or oh. he didn't want to give concessions. Like you have a second buyer yeah. with a higher offer. Mm-hmm. Like that's just like standard. You definitely yeah. don't concede. I was like, mm-hmm. Rochelle. Especially in LA's real like real estate market, yeah. people drop everything. Like every mm-hmm. contingency you can drop, people drop out here. Yeah. Like it, I've dropped contingencies and you still don't get the house. And so it's like, what what are you doing? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't I don't, I don't understand Rochelle there. Mm. But impressed well, she could fit through the doggy door. That thing was tiny. That was that was a, yeah. She's also small though. Like she she it, even in person is like a very small she's person. She's tiny, yeah. and what's crazy is she makes him look big. That's true. Like her head in comparison to his when they're sitting at the table, I'm like she's tiny, but like she makes him look big. You can be uh, shorter and have a big head. I know, but like he's really little. He's like a very buff Mr. Clean, yeah. like kind of scaled to short king size. Yeah. yeah. Short king spring. I will <laughs> admit one thing I do really like about him though is he doesn't come across as being insecure about his height or any of that like toxic side that you can see from people that are they, that have insecurities. Yeah, I mean, as bosses, they seem hard, but like fair. Communicate very well. Yeah. Let me hear you. Let me hear you out. Blah, blah, blah. But I think there was like one scene where Chriselle was wearing heels and he's like looking up at her mm. and he's like, he's like very tall today. I like it. And I'm like, I love this. Yeah. He, yeah they're very self-assured and confident. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they just. Short kings. They just like to, um, they're self-identified bachelors. Morgan, you've been very delightful. Thank, Thank you, you for, for coming me. on. Uh, where can people find you? I know I went on your podcast. You did go on my podcast. So by the time yours comes out, that one will be out so people can watch you on mine. It's Two Hot Takes, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, everything. You have a very soothing voice. This first thing I I, noticed. Yeah. Um, But it's a great show. I had a ton of fun on it. I know. Your um, takes were really good. Thank you. Yeah, you did good. And uh, where else can they follow you? My personal is Morgan Absher. How do you spell it? A-B-S-H-E-R. 
great. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, don't forget to send in your questions for Ask Nick on Mondays or your mediation calls. Uh, we have Mary Fitzgerald from Selling Sunset. Tomorrow on Going Deeper, I think we're going to try our new office hours uh, text if it all works out. And uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. So we'll see you tomorrow. Morgan, thank, thank you, you so much. Bye. Yes. Hey guys, thanks for watching, but before you go, make sure you like, subscribe, and ring that bell so you don't miss any future videos like our Monday's Ask Nick, especially if you're looking for some relationship stories and relationship advice, as well as our Wednesday interviews with your favorite celebrities and experts. See you next time.